Because God is able to do just what he said he will do. He's going to fulfill every promise to you. Yeah. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. I don't know. He's able. <laughs> How many know our God is able? Hey, 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 hey. Say, he's able. Woo! How many believe God is able to do it? No matter what it is. No matter what. Whoa! Cause God is able to do just what he says he will do. If you believe it, say, he's gonna fulfill every promise to you. I don't know what he told you, but let me guarantee you, don't give up on God. You know why? Because he won't give up on, come on, tell him why. Come on, clap your hands, come on. Ow! Lift your voice. Lord, we believe you in this atmosphere right now. Hallelujah, that everything that you have spoken, everything that you have promised us, everything that you said shall come to pass, everything in our lives that we are believing you for, everything in our families, everything with our friends, everything with our enemies, everything with our co-workers, everything that we've been asking you for, God, you heard our prayer. You heard our cry. And in this atmosphere, God, we will receive from you every word that will be spoken this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody lift the praise unto the Lord right here. Our God is able. Look at somebody and say, I'm not able, but with God, I'm able because he's able. Come on, give God a praise if you believe that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, everybody. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It's an honor to be before you and bless God with you. Amen. And in the absence of our leaders, our bishop and pastor Ingram, who are out enjoying a vacation, amen, give God praise for them, amen, giving God praise for my wife, amen, my children, amen, uh, evangelist Hargett, our deacons, Deacon Nick, Deacon Nico, amen, and their lovely wives. Hey, wives. Amen. To my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. 
So my buddy haven't seen you in a while. What's up, sis? How you doing? <laughs> What's up, sis? How you doing? <laughs> Welcome back, sis. Hey, how you doing? Day to day, the day to day. Good to see you. Amen. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Amen. How many know that God is up to some great things? He's up to something great. He's up to something great. Oh, you better clap your hands like you mean it. You better know God is really up to something. Hallelujah. All this craziness that's happening in the world, you better know that God has got everything under control. Nothing is happening that's taking God by surprise. Nothing. Amen. Not even with this president that, that you people elected. Oh, what? No, it wasn't you? <laughs> no? Ah, the president that's going to make the United States great again. <laughs> what? No? Oh, he can't do it? He can't do it? I mean, God can. Amen. But this nation, amen, is gravely ill and has put itself in a position for judgment. <clears throat> Man, and that's not to instill fear into the believer. Amen. We are here, people of God. The believers are here. So no matter what's coming, no matter what's about to take place, the believers are still here. Now, we know it rains on the just as well as the unjust, but we're protected. We're protected. You know how I know? Ask Noah. Ask Noah. It was going to rain. God said it was going to rain. Noah told the people it was going to rain. And while Noah was waiting for the rain, oh God, he was building. Wait a minute. While he was waiting for the rain, he was building. And he was building. And he kept preaching. And he kept telling the people, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. What was he doing? He was building an ark of safety. As you and I are waiting for the Lord, we are building our relationship with God. How are we building our relationship with God? Through his word. So spiritually, here's what we're doing. Thank you, God. We're getting ourselves prepared to get out of here. We're going to a better place. You plan on staying here? We're going to a better place, people of God. So we're building, and how we build is through the Word of God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, amen, we can turn to St. John, the fourth chapter. Thank God for the Word, a very familiar passage as we continue on the title our bishop has given us for this season, it's all about Jesus. Because no matter what we're going through, no matter what it looks like, people of God, it's all about Jesus. You better take courage and know that no matter what is happening, it is all about Jesus. When God created everything he created, it was for his glory. It was for him. And when he made you and I, it was for us to share with him. Oh God. Ah, he made us to share with him 
Oh, man. Some of you cheapskakes in here don't like sharing anything. <laughs> Look at yourself. You know you cheap. You know those areas where you don't want to share. But God, when he created everything on earth, he created everything and then he created man. And then he blew his breath into man. And man became a living soul. And what he told man to do was manage the earth. How did he want man to manage the earth? The way he manages heaven. God manages heaven. And he gave us dominion, he gave us authority to utilize that same management on earth. Now, yeah, Adam lost that. When sin stepped in, when sin came in, man lost it. But how many know that God had a plan? Right? Genesis 3 and 15, we know about that plan. Bishop refers to this scripture all the time. The seed that was going to come, that was going to crush the head of the enemy. Although his heel would be bruised, the enemy's authority would be crushed. So therefore, our management is restored through Jesus Christ. Amen? What it is God had for us, what it is he wanted us to do, what the plan was from the beginning for us to manage. Now we have that back through Jesus Christ. Amen? The thought for this week, am I where God needs me to be so he can use me? Am I where God needs me to be where he can use me. So you might be asking yourself, well, how is it that God needs me? What is it? God has all power. God knows everything. God has need of nothing. Why does he need me? Well, why do you think he created you? Why do you think he made you? Why? Okay, I'll tell you why God made you. God made you so that you can be a witness for him and you can be a worshiper for him. God wants worship. Amen? He requires that we are worshipers. That we witness for him and that we worship. Who are we worshiping? We are worshiping the highest being. The highest. Someone can't, you can't give just anyone worship. Because everyone that you look at is just like you. Everyone that you can see is on your level. So what, what worship does, worship requires something, something or someone that's on a higher level than you. And God requires worship. He made us so that we can witness for him. So that we can worship him. But are we where? he needs us to be where are you in your life right now what I want you to do is take a look at your life and ask yourself where am I where am I am I stagnant am I sitting here doing nothing am I in a place where God can't use me you see, people of God, you get the word often. Everyone that's here, 
is where God wants you to be. You're not here for no reason. God woke you up today for a reason so that you can be where he wants you to be so you can hear this word and know that you need to be where God wants you to be so that you can witness for him and worship him. You come out and you get this word Sunday after Sunday. Some of you come to Bible study. Some of you are on the conference call of Bible study. Some of you go to spa. Some of you come to mega. Some. So you're getting filled with the word, but what are you doing with the word? I hope you shouted during praise and worship. I hope you got real excited in praise and worship. I hope you lifted your hands. I hope you shouted real loud because the Lord has sent me here to talk to you today. Are you where God needs you to be so he can use you? Are you busy doing you? Right? Is that the term we use? Oh, I'm just doing me. <laughs> I'm doing me. You know. What you doing you with? What are you doing with you? What are you doing? God, you know why God made you? You know why he created you? You know why he's put his spirit in you? Do you know why he saved you? Not so you can be you. But so that he can use you. So that you can witness for him. So that you can worship him. Oh God. Are you where God needs you to be? So he can use you. The challenge, receive the word of the Lord and live. For God's word is life. This word is your life. We can't live without this word. And in this word, through this word, with the life that we have, the life of abundance, the life of joy, the life of peace, the life of love that we have. What God wants us to do as witnesses is share this word. Share this love. Share in this peace. Do you know you can share your peace? It's yours for you to rest in, but do you know you can share it? You ever see somebody who is going crazy? You ever had that situation in your home where everything is just going a little bit crazy? But because of the peace of God which passes all understanding that's in you, that's guarding you, that's keeping your mind, and you bring that peace and everything settles down. Woo! Don't you know that you can change the atmosphere because of what is in you, because of who is in you? As a witness, as a worshiper, it is you that can change the atmosphere because of Christ in you, because of who's in you. Oh, man. Let's look at John. Let's look at this woman, a man that so many of us have heard so much about, the Samaritan woman. Um, I love this passage, and I love how our Jesus deals with this encounter. So Jesus was just in a place in chapter 3 in, in, in John where he's dealing with Nicodemus and he gives um, Nicodemus, for those of you maybe not familiar with who Nicodemus was, this guy was a Pharisee, 
He was a guy who taught the word. He was well-respected in the religious community, in the Judaism. People knew Nicodemus. People knew that this guy was a teacher of the word. And he had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus was able to break some things down to him that he wasn't quite ready for, but he was searching for. He was a leader a religious ruler who outside of all the other religious leaders and all the other rulers that was against Jesus, his was so great about this guy Nicodemus. He knew that there was something different about Jesus. He knew that this guy, this guy has something in him that I'm attracted to. He has something in him that I'm drawn to. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because my question to you is, what are people saying about you? Are we concerned with what people say? No, we're not concerned about what people say, but if they're saying all the wrong things, although they said the wrong things about Jesus and he did the right thing, but if you're around these people all the time and they are seeing those bad things that you like to do. Am I in the house of God? Am I around real people? So if they're seeing all the bad things, and they're talking about those bad things that you are used to doing, what are you saying about Jesus? What are you showing people about Jesus? Are they in pursuit of what you have? Nicodemus was in pursuit of what Jesus had. There was something that Jesus displayed that wasn't like the other people that he hung out with. We're talking about a religious ruler, someone who taught, he taught the law. He taught all about what Moses said, he taught all about the Old Testament. But there was something about Jesus that drew him. Is there something about you that people are drawn to? And if not, why not? What are you displaying at work? What are you displaying at school? What are you displaying when you walk down the street? Do people see Jesus or do they see you? <sighs> so Jesus makes a startling statement to Nicodemus that he couldn't wrap his mind, his natural mind around. Jesus said, you must be born again. Marvel not. Don't let this mess you up. Don't let this twist your head around, Nicodemus. Marvel not, I say unto you, you must be born again. And Nicodemus in his natural mind, so wait a minute, I must be born again. So I, my mother, cause my mama kinda old, can I go back in the, go in the way I came out? Cause I'm a grown man. <laughs> women who had children <laughs> think about your baby going back <laughs> for whence he came no <laughs> even the men say ooh, ow, ooh, ow, ooh. <laughs> no no that's not what Jesus was talking about Jesus talking about a spiritual birth he was talking about renewing your mind the word of God teaches us be renewed in the spirit of our minds. 
Be not conformed to, be not conformed to, but be ye by the renewing of your mind. So we must be renewed, spirit washed, blood washed to be transformed. So this is the conversation that Jesus has with this ruler. And Nicodemus becomes a follower. And he becomes a follower of Jesus because of the love Jesus displayed to him. Because of the way Jesus was able to minister to him. Jesus had to come to him a certain way because he was a certain type of individual. What's my point to you, believer? What's my point to you, witnesses? The way you witness over here may not be how you witness over here. Because different people may require different things. I became all things to all men to save some. Oh, I'm telling you scripture. You may have to go and eat with some people that smell bad. You may have to go sit down with some people that look bad. You may have to come down to the level of a child so that you can talk and win them. Because if your level is, stays up here, if you're one of these Pharisees where you're stuck up, where you're just too high and you can't humble yourself and bring yourself down, there's going to be a problem with witnessing. There's going to be a problem with winning these souls for the kingdom. People of God, as this church builds, listen, oh, thank you, Jesus. As this church builds, we are going to have to show the love of Christ in a way that you're not accustomed to, in a way that you're not used to, in a way that you don't operate in right now. You're so busy operating in you. You know why people aren't here? Because you haven't said anything. Let me, let me stop being honest with you. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and the truth shall do what? You want to be free? You ready to be free? Amen. John 4. Beginning at verse 1, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, meaning John the Baptist, his cousin, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Now here's, here's what I like, verse 4, and he must needs go through Samaria. So Jesus had to go from one spot to another. He had finished ministering and dealing with Nicodemus. So now he had, to, he had to leave that location and he had to go someplace else. But where, Jude, where Jesus had to go, where he decided, what Jesus decided to do was go through this place called Samaria. Because he needed to go through this place. Why did Jesus need to go through this place? He needed to go through this place because there was somebody there. There was somebody there he had to get. Jesus had already dealt with the crowd, but look at the love of God for us. It doesn't matter how big the crowd is. It doesn't matter how many people are there. Jesus is willing to have a one-on-one -on -one 
with you. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how great you are. Jesus wants to have a one-on-one -on -one with you. So what does he do? He will go and meet you right where you are. Oh man, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Verse 5. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sichar, Sichar rather, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, this, uh, our, our, our brother Jacob, back in Genesis, he bought this land. All right, he, he bought this city, Samaria, he paid some money, and what he did was, as an inheritance, he gave it to his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. So this is Jesus. Jesus was weary from his journey. What does that tell me about my Lord, my Savior, my King, who is, seat, who is right now seated at the right hand of the Father, who is every day, every day constantly praying for me, constantly talking to God for me, constantly an intercessor for me, constantly blocking the enemy and the, the attacks, constantly making a way for me, constantly opening the door for me, constantly being God. Look, Jesus was weary from his journey. So what does that tell me about my Jesus? He was 100% man, Nick. Yet he was 100% God, Nick. So what does that tell me? He was the first 200% man. Come on, give God some praise. Woo! He was 200%, 100% man, 100% God. Woo, he's bad. Bad. He was weary from his journey. So how does that help me? That helps me to know that everything that I experience in my body, Jesus is able to identify with. Jesus, I'm hurting. Jesus, I'm God, I'm going through, but you're so mighty, God, you're so powerful. How are you gonna know, ask Jesus? Ask Jesus. Jesus was bruised. Jesus got beat up. Jesus bled. Oh, wait a minute. I like this one, the shortest verse in scripture. Jesus wept. So he cried. Jesus understands our emotions. He understands everything about us. Everything from a human aspect. Our Jesus is able to identify with, which separates him from everybody. The son of the living God who, who came from heaven to earth to save us. 100% man, yet 100% God. 200%. Somebody say 200. 200% <laughs> our God, our Jesus. Verse 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto him, give me to drink. So now Jesus shows not only is he tired, he's thirsty. 
He wants to drink. Everything. You're hungry. You have needs. Jesus knows what that feels like. Jesus knows. He can identify with that. Where are you lacking? What are you looking for? What do you want? Our Jesus can identify with your hunger. Jesus said, give me the drink. For the disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Now, listen to how important this is. When Jesus was over with Nicodemus, when he was hanging out over there and he had his disciples with him, when he went through this town, Samaria, what he told his disciples to do was, hey guys, listen, do me a favor, you guys go over there and get some food. Jesus had to separate himself from his disciples. What's my point? My point is there are some people in your life, in order for God to bring you where he's bringing you, he's going to have to separate you from some of these people. Some of his close disciples, Peter, James, John, he sent them away. Why would he send them away? Because there might have been a problem with him witnessing to this woman. There may be a problem with how you're going to witness to somebody. Somebody may get in the way. Somebody may, somebody, there may be a problem with somebody. It may not be you. Jesus is good. His disciples were cool too. But for this situation, oh, it's one-on-one time. Whether it's a person, whether it's a place or a thing, there are certain things that require separation. One-on-one. This one-on-one encounter that we're going to need to get closer to the Lord. How much time are you spending in the Word? How much one-on-one time are you spending with Jesus? I know you got your express prayer. You got your express in the shower prayer. You got your express get up in the morning microwave prayer. And praying is good because man ought to always pray, right? But how much time are you spending in the Word? You see, this one-on-one that this Samaritan woman is about to have with Jesus, she's spending time with the Word. Look, look at this lesson, people of God. The Samaritan woman is about to have a one-on-one with the Word. Not in prayer. With the Word. What do I want to tell you? I want to tell you, you're not spending enough time with the word our God is a jealous God I know some of you are comfortable with coming to just come into church some of you are just com- you are comfortable with just being on the phone for Bible study conference or coming out here for, 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 for Bible study or coming to the conference to the spa conference every, every month or every other month and coming to mega every once in a while some of you are comfortable and you are going to have to learn to get out of your comfort zone get out of that comfort zone and the way you get out of that comfort zone is by taking time to spend time with the Lord one on one get away from the crowd you're going to have to lose the crowd Some, look at somebody and say lose the crowd you got to lose the crowd. 
and whatever that crowd is, maybe your crowd is not people. Maybe your crowd is social media. Maybe your crowd is being on your phone all the time and running your mouth. I don't know what your crowd is, but whatever it is, is pulling you away from the one-on-one time that the Lord wants to have with you. Look, Jesus said, I have need, I must needs to go through this way. Why? Because Aaron is there. Gotta have a one-on-one. Because there's some things I want to do in you. I gotta have a one-on-one with Eric. There's a one-on-one that I want to have with you. There's an encounter that we have to have with the Lord. Because with this encounter, woo, with this encounter, it's going to revolutionize you. It's going to change you. It's going to transform you. It's going to make you. Aren't you tired of you? I'm tired of me. There's some of y'all I'm tired of too. Let's go ahead. No, what? I love you. (laughs) But I'm tired of you. No, because listen, the Jesus you got to show up a little more often. The Jesus you. If you look too much like you, if you look too much like the old you, if you keep referring to the old you, something wrong with you. Why are you still stuck in the old you? (laughs) Because if that was the old me, (laughs) so what? I'm not impressed. What about the, impress me with the new you, the Jesus you, the love you, the peace of God you. Come on, people of God, it's time, it's time to grow up. It's time to get off the milk and go to the meat. But most of us, a lot of us, most of us are comfortable where we are. We are comfortable in the people or or, or who, who we have become. No, don't be comfortable. No, the word said walk in the spirit. What does that mean? That's continuous, man. That's continuous change that got to go on. Continuous transformation that got to take place. Continue, continue, continue. Lord, I have an anger issue. God, I need you to help me. Lord, help me. What does your word say about anger? He said, be angry. Come on, man, that's the word. But how much of that are we taking in and letting it change us? You see, Nicodemus had a certain way of doing things. He was a certain type of, for lack of a better term, believer. I'm going to give him that loosely. He wasn't the right kind of believer. Oh, why am I saying that? Because there's some people at Kingdom Hall that say they believers. There's some people with seven-day Adventists that say they believers. There are people who are Mormons that say they believers. Oh God, but you and I are Jehovah's witnesses. For real, we have the truth. We have the truth. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. And look what Jesus was able to do. He was able to take that person that believed what he believed and show him the light, the path of righteousness. He was able to show him, and Nicodemus changed. He left where he was. Now, is everybody going to be able to do that? No, 
but are you at least planting a seed? All right, y'all don't want to hear that. Cool, let's go. Um, verse 8, for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Verse 9, then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest me of drink, uh, which I am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, I love, love, love Jesus' response. Watch this. Jesus answered her, answered, excuse me, and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God. What is the gift of God? The gift of God is Jesus Christ. The gift of God is over here in John 3 and 16. It said, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He gave. If you go over in Isaiah 9 and 6, he gave. He sent. He sent. Now unto us, a son is, uh, is given. He gave us that the gift of God that he's talking about is himself. If thou knewest the gift of God <clears throat> and who it is that saith unto thee, give me to drink, thou would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. So what does Jesus do? He totally ignores her question. Oh, oh, wait a minute. So wait, you, because you, you, you're a Jew, and the Jews don't deal with us Samaritans. Why is that? Because if you go over to 1 Kings, the 16th chapter, there was a king, a real bad king named King Amri. He bought Samaria. He bought that land. Wicked, wicked king. In fact, maybe you're not familiar with that name. His son, he had a son who became the next king, who was worse than him, whose name was Ahab. Everybody know about that guy who had a, had a wife named, ooh, y'all know the word. <laughs> See, I like this place. You guys are cool. <laughs> you know the word. <laughs> yeah. But here's the problem. See, Omri, the king Omri, he bought this land. He was king of Israel, the sixth king of Israel. He bought this land, and what he did was he brought in idol worship. So you had some of the people there that were Jews and what he allowed was these strangers to come who served other gods and brought them into this land so I'm half a Jew half a ew <laughs> I'm a, they're half breeds and what God didn't want he didn't want his people mixing up with these other breeded people because they didn't serve him they didn't know him and God knew that these other people would draw them away from him so now they got beef let me put it in boys in the hood version of the word <laughs> now there's beef there's beef with the Jews and the Samaritans because the Jews stance is you're not you're not even full breed oh come on you're not 100% Boricua. Stop it, Papa. You're not 100% black. You have. You Milano cookies. Like, right? Right? <laughs> you have this, have that. That's why you so high yellow. We don't mess with you. You half Asian and half Latin. You're not full. Isn't, aren't, we, aren't we that petty? We're petty. See, she brought up something that was petty. You don't deal with us because, you know, the Jews, y'all don't even talk to us. You look at us like dogs. We're like dogs to you. The Samaritan people were like dogs to the Jews, although they were half Jews. 
If you're not full, ugh, needles, ugh. why you talking to me though? Listen, this is the reality, people. This is how we are sometimes. We're very judgmental. The church is a, has become a very judgmental place, and we have got to stop. We have got to put a stop to it. We want to win souls for the Lord, but we got to put a stop to this judgment that we are putting on people. You don't know who's going to walk through that door. You don't know. Right? We're busy to put our focus on. Yo, look, look how many tattoos he's got. Oh, but look at, nah, look at that dress she's wearing. Oh, she, she probably just came from the club. Yeah, she probably did. She probably did just come from the club. Yeah, he probably just had a drink. Yeah, he probably just smoked. Are you going to put all your attention on that person? No, put your attention on Jesus because that's where it belongs. Put your attention on Jesus to transform this person. Stop forgetting who you were. Stop forgetting who you used to be. Stop forgetting that God had to save you. You wasn't always the man or the woman of God that you are now. You had to start somewhere. You was probably the biggest thing out there. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, that was you. That was you. And let me show you how some other judgment's going to set in. Watch this. It's a possibility. <sighs> Verse 11, the woman saith unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. In other words, you, you, you don't have, you want water, but you don't have anything to get this water with because it requires a long string, right? And the well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water. Because Jesus told her about the living water. What is the living water? The living water was the Holy Spirit. The living water was not Jesus himself that he was talking about. It was the Holy Spirit. How do I know this? Jesus said the Holy Spirit was coming. He said, he talked about this promise that was coming. The Holy Spirit who resides in every believer. Every one of us who believe. God, thank you. Every one of us who comes to Jesus Guess what's part of the salvation package? The spirit of the living God. And what does the living God give us? Living water. What does that living water do? Refresh us. Revive us. Restore us. Help us in every area. Jesus was thirsty, so he wanted natural water. But what this woman needed was not anything natural. What she needed was something spiritual. Some people think that in order to get the answer to their problem, they need something natural. What do I mean? I need these drugs because my flesh is crying out. I need sex because my flesh is crying out. I need to gamble because that's going to satisfy this desire. No, 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 no. No. All of those desires you think you need, all those desires that your body is craving for, no. The answer is living water. What we need is the Holy Spirit. What we need, how do we allow the Holy Spirit to settle those desires? 
walk in the spirit. Because when we walk in the spirit, what happens, Nick? We will not fulfill the lusts of our flesh. Oh, God. God has given us what we need. This woman is about to find out. The answer is here. Oh, I didn't give you my title. My title is God Can Do It. God can do it. We don't have the answers with ourselves. We can't fix the problem. No matter where she would have went, no matter who she would have gone to, it wouldn't have helped. Nothing was going to help her. But God can do it. She's about to have an, a God encounter. And what she thought was unfixable, what she thought about everything she was dealing with, how she thought she had the answer for it, God, Jesus is about to show her, I have the answer and I can fix you. Because she's curious. She tells him about, no, well, you guys don't deal with us. And Jesus ignores that and gets right to what she needs. <laughs> Some of you have been talking to God about this miscellaneous stuff. Some of you have been worrying. Didn't we hear a message last week? Then we hear, y'all remember what the message was? Not to worry, do what? Not to worry, do what? Not to worry, do what? So you are focused on your problem. You are focused on some miscellaneous problem, something that has nothing to do with what's, what God wants to do. God wants you to stop putting your focus, putting your attention on the problem and worship. Because when you worship, you take the focus off of here and put it where it belongs. You give it to God. You worship God. Because you'd be surprised how worship can just, those problems you're dealing with, ah, you make them so small. Yeah, yeah, maybe your bank account is still jacked up. Maybe your credit will still be jacked up at the moment, but do you believe God? Maybe your children are still acting crazy. Maybe your spouse is still acting crazy. Maybe your supervisor is still acting crazy, but when you worship, when you worship, when you take the attention off the problem and you magnify our God, God can do it, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is, God can do it. But have you looked to him? Are you focusing on him? Have you put the attention on him? Oh God, it's all about Jesus, people of God, right? <sighs> Verse 12, art thou greater than our father Jacob? So she knows, she knows, she remember she's a half breed. Are you greater than our father Jacob which gave us the well and drank thereof? himself and his children and his cattle oh thank you Lord Jesus answered and said unto her whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again so when you go and try and fix your problem your way when you go and try to satisfy your desires your way when you go out there and do those wrong things drink that drink because you think you need it smoke that smoke because you think you need it have sex because you think you need it you will never be satisfied because you're going to want more of that and it's not going to help you you're still going to come up empty. You're still going to come up and be in the same place that you were. You don't want to 
Go back there? No. Look at somebody and tell them it's time for change. Come on, say it like you mean to say, it's time for change. Come on, touch and agree with them and tell them it's time for change. Touch and agree with somebody and tell them it's time for change. Hallelujah. And God can do it. Yes, he can. Verse 14, but whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh, now Jesus got her. Now she ready. How many of you played double dutch? Wait for your turn. Yeah, because she's ready. Because Jesus got to open. Listen, here's what Jesus didn't tell her. I marvel not. I say unto you, you must be born again. He didn't have to tell her that. What he did was he got to an area where he knew he can draw her. He became what he needed to become so that he can win her. Mm. To Nicodemus, he had to come one way. Marvel not, Nicodemus, I say unto you, you must be born again. But he tells this woman, I have this water, this living water that's going to satisfy your need. You do? Oh, yeah? Oh, hey, the devil Dutch. The rope, the rope, you got to wait. Because you can't just go in. Because if you just jump right in, and then the rope gets all tied up and you can fall and hurt yourself. You got to wait. Ah, patience. So now she inquires. So Jesus got her now. Here we go. Here we go. Verse 15. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. But sometimes when you're talking to people, they're not going to understand right away. Super spiritual. Super save. And thou thus though these thy own thing thine. What? How are you talking to me? Like, I don't know what that means. I didn't grow up in church like you. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful because sometimes in the church world, we have this church lingo. And the church lingo are for church folk, not for Pookie and them. Pookie and Ray Ray and them don't know. Yo, what up, son? Yo, yo, what up? Get? Nah, I'm not saying that you got to talk like that. But if you come and talk to them in King James language, they're not going to, they're going to, what? What you talking about, B? You think you better than me? Oh, you on higher level? Because I said thou? I'm going to, I'm up here? <laughs> listen, listen, we can't give them that church lingo because they don't understand that. Talk to them. Talk to them. Remember before you were saved? How did, how did they win you? Maybe the way they won you is not going to be the way you're going to win someone else. Maybe the way they won you was with these and thous and those and thus and maybe because you grew up in the church. So you knew one day you was going to be saved. People, we got to learn how to become all things to all men <laughs> now we can save some hey verse 16 Jesus saith unto her go call thy husband and come hither so Jesus starts digging a little bit deeper he started digging a little bit deeper because before 
she's able to receive him, what does she have to do? Confess what the problem is. Because when you confess what the problem is, God can do it. Oh, man, y'all better eat this, man. Oh, good God. Thank you, Lord. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, all right now, now we're working with something. Thou hast said well. Listen, be honest with God. Stop. Stop being a phony. Stop faking. Stop acting like God don't see you. He don't know, he don't know you. God knows you. Stop. He knows you. Be honest with God. Whatever your problem is, whatever the situation is, whatever the area is, you're falling short. Tell God about it. God, I got a problem with my tongue. God, I got a problem with my eyes. God, I got a problem with this area. I have a problem with this area. Confess it unto the Lord. Give it to him. Why are we giving it to him? We're giving it to him because we should want to change. And guess what? When you really give it to him, God can do it. Man, here we go. Let me show you something. This, this is so cool. Verse 18, right? For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband, in that saidest thou truly. So this guy, this woman has had six men. No, that, that, no, it doesn't say that she was a whore or anything, because sometimes that is the thinking, because we're so judgmental. She says she had five husbands, and whether it's because she was legally married and, and got divorced, but she got divorced on some bogus terms, or she just hooked herself up with somebody because those soul ties make you married in God's eyes. Watch it. Watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Marries you up. So she had six husbands. But somebody say something about the number seven. Ha, 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 ha. Woo! Something about the number seven because now she has just met her, the seventh man who's going to change everything. Six men couldn't do it. But seven, Dougie Fresh, she's on. All right, here we go. <laughs> Verse 19, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. That's not what Jesus said, but that's what the men say, that men are going to worship only in Jerusalem only. All right, here we go, Jesus. Here we go. Jesus said unto her, woman, woo, believe me that the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know that we worship for salvation is unto the Jews. How does Jesus know this? Because Paul said in Romans, uh, the first chapter, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, unto the Jew first. Unto the Jew first. And then unto everybody else, right? <laughs> for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour cometh and is now somebody say now somebody say now when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth this doesn't mean that God is looking for perfect worship 
What is perfect worship? Does that mean just lifting your hands? And that mean running up and down this place? What is true worship? True worship is something that there's a worship that comes from within you. It's within you. There's no perfect worship. Who are you? True worship from your heart. Honest worship. In your walk. In your talk. In your daily life. Yeah. I'm, I'm messed up. Yeah. I do some messed up things. I'm not going to talk about you because you're perfect. You're perfect in all your ways. I'm not a perfect person, but I serve a perfect God that I will worship, not just coming here. I don't save my worship for Sunday. Singing songs or singing slow songs unto the Lord is not worship, folks. It's not worship. Anybody can sing, anybody can praise. Worship is something, it's a lifestyle, it's your relationship with the Father. Mm. It's your relationship with God, the fellowship that you have with him that comes from within you. Yes, Lord, I'm messed up, God, but I will bless you at all times. Yes, Lord, I know that I mess up every day, but your mercies are new every morning. Every morning, I will bless you, Lord, at all times, for your praise shall continually be in my mouth because if I don't worship you, the very rocks are going to cry out. And you made me that I will worship you. You put your spirit in me that I would worship you. You, God, have given me this living water that I will worship you. So it's time to worship God from the depth of your heart, out of the trueness of who you are. God wants worship from you. How many true worshipers are here? How many true worshipers? Ready to change from you? You had to change from you? Are you ready to change from you? Because what Jesus is telling this woman, you can't worship like that, but you can worship like this. With the spirit of the living God. If you don't have God's spirit, you can't worship him. How do I know this? God is a spirit. Your natural mind does not understand spirit. See, spirit understands spirit. When God puts his spirit in you, you are able to connect with him, to worship him. God, here we go. The woman saith, verse 25, the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. There's not many times in the word where God, where Jesus reveals himself. She wasn't a full Jew, but but God revealed himself. Jesus reveals himself to those who believe to those who weren't the Jews because he came to his own and his own received them not. (laughs) But to everyone that believed him, everyone that received him, gave he them power to be the sons of God. John 1. The Jews didn't want to receive him. No problem. So Jesus 
came to us, the adopted children. The Samaritans are like us, the adopted children. We part Jew, we part Gentile. We part Jew, we part ooh. <laughs> Put it together, we become ooh-wee. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> That's who we became. And now we can have fellowship. Jesus revealed himself to us. Oh, God. He came to the Jews. It was to the Jew first and then unto the Greek. We are the Greek. We are the Gentiles. We are the others. Jesus reveals himself to this woman who had five husbands. See, you know, it's not about Jesus coming to those who have him. Jesus didn't hang out with the saved. He didn't hang out with the religious rulers. He didn't hang out with those who had it all together. He hung out with tax collectors. He hung out with fishermen. He hung out with these people that were considered nobodies and turned them into somebody. What he's about to do right now, this woman who had six husbands, who has now met her seventh husband, who is now going to perfect himself in her. How do I know? Check this out. Oh, you're going to like this. Woo, let's drop it. Oh, okay. All right. Woo, I'm excited. All right, let's go. Let's go to verse 28. Let's go down. Matt, let's go to verse 27. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he was with the woman. Yet no man said, what seeketh thou? Or why talkest thou with her? Why? Because of the judgmental people in the church who are going to say, why are you talking to him? Why are you talking to her? Ew, she ain't like us. Uh, why are you standing over there? Ew, what do you say? Uh, what? Well, who you think you are? Who do you think you are? Because this is what the disciples came. They were like, because it was taboo. See, there was two things Jesus had working against them in their mind. First of all, in that culture, the men didn't talk to the women. That was number one. And then number two, she's a Samaritan. What are you doing, Jesus? You Jewish, and she's she's the others. Stop, stop separating those people out there that don't know Jesus and calling them the others. Nah, man. No, that, that's a, that is God's creation. Yet, they're not God's child yet. But believer, when you come with this living word, with this living water to help them to see and know, and you show in the love of Christ, you will win them because God can do it. It's not you. It's God. It's God. I like how this goes. Watch this. <clears throat> In verse 28. Here we go. This is the... <laughs> man, if you wanted to shout, this would be the time. The woman then left her water pot, so she put down everything. Ah! I'm dropping it like it's hot. I don't need it anymore. And went her way into the city and saith to the man, come see a man. So she went from six husbands to the seventh husband, and now she's an evangelist. Now she's a witness. Now she's a worshiper. Now I'm ready to win people. Come on. I'm ready to win them. I was with these six dudes that meant nothing to me. But I met the seventh man that changed everything. So now she goes from being that woman to the witness woman. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm a witness. Look at somebody else telling him, I'm a worshiper. Oh, God. She went over there. And now she's going to tell her people about this great Jesus she met. Come, 
see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? This is him. Oh, I like this. She told them about him. So when you told them about Mount Olive, and because you are such a great witness, and because you're such a great evangelist, you oh, she didn't have the title, but she was evangelizing to the people. She went out there, and because God used her, and she planted the seed, check this out. She planted the seed, right? After she planted the seed, look at verse 30. Then they, the people she witnessed to, the people that's out there on Summit Avenue, the people that's out there on Kennedy Boulevard, the people that's out there on Central Avenue, then they went out of the city and came unto him. Woo! She won them. Just how Jesus sparked the interest of this woman. And she wanted to know, well, where can I find this living water? Where can I get this from? He sparked her interest. Now here she goes because she received the word because God can change anybody. He can do it. And he takes it. <laughs> what he has and imparted it in her. And now she took it and she went out and she told everybody. And now everybody's coming. Oh, yeah. This witness went out. Through her worship and bless God by these words she said and they came oh I like this let's drop down to verse 39 and many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified how many have a testimony for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, now the people that you know and I know, the people that we had just ministered to, now they come into Mount Olive House of Prayer. They besought him because they want to know about this Jesus that we have, about this love that's in us, about why you're so excited about Jesus, about how he changed your life, about how you testified and said, yes, I used to be just like that. Yes, I can identify with you. I understand, baby. I know. Yeah, I was out there too. What are you talking about? No, I sold drugs. No, I did drugs. No, I was smoking. No, I was drinking. No, I was crazy too. But I came to the right place. I had an encounter with Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that he changed me. And he can change you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It can happen. God can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. So when the Samaritans, verse 40, were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. Please, Jesus, stay with us. Oh, man, we like this word. <laughs> Woo! And he abode there two days. So here we go, the Samaritan woman plants the seed. So here goes Jesus. Jesus, now he's watering it. <laughs> he's watering the word. He's watering the seed that's been planted by this witness who brought her worship to them. Woo! And said unto the woman, verse 42, this is what, now here goes the witnesses. Here they go. Here, here, go, here go the people she witnessed to. Here, 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 this is what they're going to say to her now. Watch this. Here's what they're going to say to you. Now we believe. Not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Woo! Oh, God. 
Hallelujah. He is. This is him. This is Jesus. Because now the increase. Now we got a church filled with seeds. Because the Samaritan woman planted the seed. Jesus did the watering and God adds the increase. God can do it, but it has to start somewhere. It has to start with us, people of God. Come on, give the Lord a hand, praise, and let's stand. Let's stand. God is looking to do some great things in us. He's looking to do some great things in our lives so that he can be glorified. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what area needs to change in your life. But I'm here to testify and tell you God can do it. God can do it. Doesn't matter. Amen. If, if it is your heart's desire to have prayer because you know you're in a place that you're not supposed to be spiritually and you want God to fix it, you want God to change it, you are ready for change, we're going to ask that you come on up. Amen. And and let the Lord touch your heart and let God do it. Our God can do it. No matter what, no matter what the problem is, no matter what the situation is, our God can do it. For now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us what is that power that power is the living water who resides in every believer that power is the Holy Spirit oh God we thank you we give God praise for his word thank you Lord we bless you because John 7 verses 37 and 39 says in the last day this is Jesus talking that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me as the scriptures have said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water but this spake he of the spirit which they believed on him should receive for the Holy Spirit was not given not yet because that Jesus was not yet glorified but we are going to believe the Lord today come on lift your hands in this place hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. glory to God hallelujah
Hallelujah. Father God, we look to you right now, oh God, for you are everything that we need, oh God. You, oh God, are able, oh God, to free us, oh God, to deliver us, oh God, to change us, oh God. And Lord, we just pour out our heart to you right now, oh God, and worship you. We magnify you and make your name great, oh God, knowing that you are the only one that's able to change us. You are the only one that's able to do it, oh God, and we trust and believe you, oh God, for your hand is upon us, oh God, and your word says so, oh God. We believe your word, oh God, and your word is true, oh God. Your word is yea, oh God, and amen, oh God. And Lord, we just thank you right now, oh God, for the covering, oh God. We thank you, oh God, right now for freeing us, oh God, for delivering us, oh God. Hallelujah, we give you praise, oh God, for you are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah, you are just, oh God, hallelujah. And you, oh God, are the one, oh God, the keeper, oh God, the watcher, oh God, hallelujah. Oh God, we bless you right now, oh God, and we pray against every stronghold right now, oh God. We pray against every disease right now, oh God. We pray against every single thing that the enemy has done, oh God, and ask that you block it right now, oh God. We thank you right now for delivering us, oh God, hallelujah, for you are a deliverer, oh God, hallelujah. You are a sanctifier, oh God, hallelujah. You, oh God, are redeemer, oh God, hallelujah, and you have made us free, oh God. Thank you, God, for what you have done. Thank you for pouring out your spirit in us, oh God. We receive you, oh God, hallelujah, right now. We receive you in our hearts, oh God, and we know that we will change, oh God, and we, oh God, will do your will, oh God, so that your promises will be with us, oh God. We bless you right now, oh God. We call upon you right now, Lord. Lord, have your way in our life, oh God. Hallelujah. Have your way, oh God, in our life, oh God. Hallelujah. Change us, oh God. Hallelujah. Change us, oh God, so we can be the men and women of God that you want us to be, oh God. May your will be done, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, come. Come, hallelujah. Save us, oh God. Hallelujah. Save us now, oh God. Hallelujah. From the hands of the enemy, oh God. Save us, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you are doing. Hallelujah. For what you have done, oh God. Hallelujah. And for what you are going to do, oh God. Hallelujah. For you are the only one that's able to keep us from falling, oh God. And present us faultless, Lord, before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. For you alone are the only wise God, our Lord, our Savior, our Deliverer, our King, our Governor, our Waymaker, our Sanctifier, our Justifier, our Redeemer, hallelujah, our Prince of Peace, oh God, our Counselor, hallelujah, you, oh God, are the only wise God, hallelujah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth, that is able, hallelujah, thank you, God, be glory majesty, dominion, and power, both now and evermore. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift the praise unto the Lord our God. Come on, if you know that God has done it, if you know that he has done it, 
if you know that he has done it, you might as well bless him. You might as well praise him. You might as well receive. Receive of the Lord. For God can do it. There is nothing impossible for him. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. We bless the name of Jesus. Amen. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Let's support the cake and ice cream, uh, I think. But come on, let's get some cake. Get some money. Get out your money and buy some cake. But I hear.